people some questions, and as we go through this series, we're going to see um, um, certain answers to these questions about relationships, about um, today's world, and, and you're going to see two individuals. We ask them, uh, what does um, a man, a young single man or a young single woman look for in someone? And then also, um, we asked a question of, is it hard today? Do you think it's hard today in today's society as a single person? And so we're going to watch this right now. What I think women look for, women that go to church, what they look for in men is just faithfulness, you know, just reassurance and knowing that you'll be there, just how God is for everyone. Like, always be there by your side and he'll never leave you, you know, just be faithful and honest and open and just have that open relationship and being comfortable with your other, with your significant other. Yes, I think it's hard for singles in this culture because it all comes back to comparing. Um, a lot of it has to do comparing generations to generations or, you know, relationships to relationships. We live in a very high social media type generation culture that everything is competitive whether you like it or not whether you post it or not whether people see you or not everybody tries to compare everybody tries to live according to someone's standards or live as high as someone else lives when in reality sometimes you know the way we live it's the best wow i'm grateful to those two brave individuals yeah <laughs> And that, and that was good because we heard that we're looking for faithfulness and being able to be open. And then we also heard it's not so easy in this day and age because there's a lot of comparisons that are going on. That it is difficult um, in relationships today. And that's why we're going through this series. Love is a relationship series. Well... I'm glad that you're here today. I'm glad that you decided, hey, I'm going to go to church before the Super Bowl. So thank you for being here. Give yourselves a hand. And for those of you watching online, we welcome you. A man once told his life, his wife, I never, if I ever get to the place where I am dependent on a machine in a vegetable state, he was telling her, if I ever get to that place, don't let me live like that. I want you to unplug the machine. Well, the wife heard that. She thought about it for a moment. And then she got up and she went over to the TV and she pulled the plug. <laughs> Let's chew on that for a bit. <laughs> Well, I don't know if you've ever heard of C.S. Lewis. C.S. Lewis, he was an author of over 30 books. 30 books that, were, that have been translated in over 30 languages. Amazing author. And he wrote books like Mere Christianity. And this is a book that's an apologetic book, meaning it's a defender of the faith. And he's also famous for the children's series, The Chronicles of Narnia, that has been made into movies. Very, very authored, scholarly man. He was a man that went to 
Cambridge and, and Oxford. Very, very intelligent man. But he wasn't, but I don't know if you, you know, that he wasn't always a Christian. In fact, as a young man, he was an atheist. He had a disbelief of God, and he didn't even want to have anything to do with God. But then he got into a relationship with one of his good friends, who was J.R.R. Tolkien, the one who wrote The Hobbit and all of those stories. He got into this relationship, and through that friendship, he began to know who God was. And, he, and, he, and his friend testified to who God was, and he was able to bring to him in that intellectual manner, in a way that C.S. could understand, and C.S. gave his life to the Lord. He became a Christian, and he, in fact, he was a writer, and he wrote these books that we are now still reading and taking from. His writings have lived beyond him. And also, another fact about C.S. Lewis was that for the majority of his life, he was a single man. For the vast majority of his life, he was a single man, but he lived a very satisfying and rich life. And we enjoy the results of that. So today, I'm going to be using quotes of C.S. Lewis in this message, quotes on love and relationship. Now, let's talk about the premise of all relationships, the premise of all relationships. And our text study is what we are going to examine this morning. And it's found in 1 John 4, 7 through 11. And I want us to really hear these verses. And I want us to examine them because this is the basis of love and relationship. And so let's begin. And, and I'll be reading out of the Passion Translation. It says, verse 7, Those who are loved by God, let his love continually pour from you to one another. Because God is love. Everyone who loves is fathered by God and experiences an intimate knowledge of him. Let's break that apart a little bit. God is love. God is love. And this is the basis. This is the foundation of love. God's love. David Gusick, he said this, We are not commanded to love one another, to earn or become worthy of God's love. We love one another because we are loved by God. And we have received that love and live in the light of it. We have not only experienced God's forgiveness and salvation, but we have experienced God's love. His love. That's the basis of all relationships. So let's go on. Verse 8 says, The one who doesn't love has yet to know God, for God is love. So it's saying, if we are not loving, then we really don't know who God is. 
We don't really know his character. We don't have an intimate knowledge of who he really is. Because as this verse is saying, if we know the love of the Father for ourselves, if we have an intimate knowledge of his love, then it's going to show. We're going to love others. Because God loved us first. And, and this is what it comes down to. That we don't know If we don't know what love is, because we can't give what we don't have. But if we know who God is, we will love others. And this is not the kind of base love that we know. This kind of love is a God kind of love. It's the Greek word agape. It's that kind of love. It's a kind of love that gives without expecting anything in return, right? That's what God did. He gave. But he didn't expect anything because he did he gave his son while we didn't even care. While we had no interest of knowing God, God already proved his love for us. This is a God kind of love that gives without expecting anything in return. Gives and is not expecting a repayment. This is a God kind of love. Agape. Which I call a mind-blowing love. It's a mind-blowing love because I can't fathom that kind of love. A love that would give and give and give and not even expect me to return that kind of love. Because God knew we could never love like that. Only through a supernatural love. His love. This is the kind of love that God gives. David, David Gusick again says, Since this is, the, this is the God kind of love, it comes into our life through our relationship with Him. If we want to love another more, we need to draw closer to God. God is love. And if we want to truly love, then we must know God. Going on. Verse 9. The light of God's love shined within us when he sent his matchless son into the world so that we might live through him. This is love. He loved us long before we loved him. It was his love, not ours. He proved it by sending his son to be the pleasing, sacrificial offering to take away our sins. Delightfully loved ones, if he loved us with such tremendous love, then loving one another should be our way of life. Wow. That's a little bit deep, right? <laughs> It's a little bit, I like to say, the word slaps me right in the face. <laughs> It slaps me because it shows me the God's ideal. This is what he wants us to live up to. And then I see myself and I'm like, whoa. I don't even come close to that, right? But this is the word of God. And this is the ideal. He's saying, because I have loved you, you're able to love one another. And this is what I want you to do. 
And I know you can't do it on your own. This is why I sent my son. This is the very reason why I demonstrated my love so that you could experience it. And you could be filled up with love. So then that love could overflow to others and you will be really loving one another. It says in our relationships, if we want these relationships, these horizontal relationships to be good, then there has to be this vertical love relationship flowing. Because it starts first here, to be filled up with God's love so then we can love others. The first quote from C.S. Lewis is this. When I have learned to love God better than my earthly dearest, I shall love my earthly dearest better than I do now. This is real love. And there are people who love each other. They don't know God. And they love each other. But it's because we all have an imprint of God in our lives. So to a certain degree, we can choose to love. But the word is saying, if you really, really want to love others with a sacrificial love, then you have to know me. God is saying, you have to know me. And when we know him, then these relationships flow in a greater way than we can, we can have on our own strength and own ability. If tomorrow's Valentine's Day will be like the Valentine's Days in the past, then over $1 billion will be spent on chocolate. And one, and over $1 billion will be set, will be, will be spent on cards. And over 2.218 million roses will be sold in the pursuit of attempt to demonstrate love. But the Bible tells us that the first Valentine's that was ever given was when God sent his son over 2,000 years ago to pay the price for our sins. God's love, he just didn't love us enough just to send a sign in the sky to say that he loved us. He didn't just love us that he stopped, he just sent his love on a card written to us. Or he didn't say that he wrote just a love note to us. He loved us so much and more than enough that he sent his very own begotten son, Jesus Christ, to die for our sins. When it came to demonstrating love, FTD, the flower company, wasn't fragrant enough. And chocolates will never be sweet enough. And Hallmark can never find the words to set us free. Because only the Lord can love us with the love that we can understand what true love is. And be the premise of all our relationships. My second point, love is vulnerable. Love is vulnerable. Joy Davidman was a Jewish woman from New York City. She grew up there. 
And she was an intelligent woman. She was an author and a poet. She was called a child prodigy because by the age of 20, she had already gained a master's degree. She was also an atheist, and she had communistic ideas and sympathies. She was the mother of two sons, and she was married to her husband, who was chronically unfaithful and abusive at times. This cause, this issues with her marriage, caused Joy to look beyond her own self-interest, to look beyond her atheistic ideas to something more, because everything she was doing could not save her marriage, could not save her life. And so she began to look at her own Jewish roots first, and she looked into that, but then she came and looked a little bit deeper, and she came into Christianity, and she became a Christian. And through this newfound Christianity, because she wanted to know more, she was introduced to C.S. Lewis. And she began a, a, a letter corresponding relationship with C.S. Lewis because she was in New York and C.S. Lewis was in England. So that began, began a time of letter exchange. And that went on for a while until Joy decided she was going to go to England to meet C.S. Lewis. And so she met him and that began an even deeper friendship and, and even prompted her to move to England with her two sons. And so they had a, a, a good friendship that was built on shared interests. It was built on their love of writing. It was built on their intelligence because they could talk about things together. And this was a long-time friendship. Many years went by, and they were friends, good friends. Even though Joy wanted more, but they were friends. Well, one day, Joy went to renew her visa, and she found out that it would not be renewed. And so she was going to have to return to the United States. Well, C.S. Lewis, being the good friend he was, he said, out of concern for her and her two sons, he said that he was going to marry her in a civil wedding. And so they got married in a civil wedding, but they continued to live separately because this was done out of friendship. And so that continued on for some time. And, and even um, C.S. Lewis's brother, Warren, he wrote about this in his diary. He wrote about their friendship, that C.S. Lewis had never met a woman that was as intelligent as he was and loved life and humor like him. And so it was just this awesome friendship. Well, one day, Joy, in an accident in her house, broke her leg. And so she was taken to the hospital. And then... In the hospital, it was found out that she had stage 3 breast cancer. She came to this place of being, understanding that she was very ill. And it was during this time that C.S. Lewis, when he thought about losing her, came to this place of understanding how deeply he loved her. And so they got married 
at her hospital bedside. For the second time, right, they got married. And it was done by a clergyman. And, and so he came and he married them. And then Joy, she went into uh, um, treatment for cancer. And this gained her a remission. And so for some time she was in remission and it, and it enabled them to go on a honeymoon. It, it enabled them to travel. And after one of these awesome travel times they came home and joy was getting worse and they went to again to the hospital and they found out that this was not going to get better it was going to get worse and so a few months after that joy succumbed to her illness and she passed away at the age of 45 in 1960 C.S. was heartbroken, and he was overwhelmed with grief, so much so that he even wrote about it under a pseudonym. He wrote a book about it, and he even struggled with his faith because of the loss of this woman that he loved so much. And he talks to us about how love is vulnerable, to love is to be vulnerable. I want to ask you, have you ever had a day when you really blew it? Maybe like in your relationship or your friendship or something like, like you had a day that was not a good day, you were not in the best of moods, you had a funky day, right, and you knew you blew it. Anybody in this room? Anyone? All right, all right, that was kind of slow, kind of... Hard to admit, right? Well, I'm so glad that you, there are some in this room that could admit to that because in this next little illustration that I'm going to give, you won't judge me too harshly, okay? (laughs) You're going to still love me. Well, not too long ago, um, Pastor, on a Monday, and Mondays are our days off, and Pastor, one day he got up and being the spontaneous, wonderful man he is, he said, I want to, let's go to the coast. I want to go to the coast. And so I, but I woke up tired. I woke up not at my best. I was not, I was having a funky day in my attitude. And I was like, I do not want to go. And this is all happening inside, right? I do not want to go. He, he just he just wants to go. I'm all tired. I was getting ready, taking a shower, and I was just like had a bad attitude on the inside of me. But I got ready to go, and we went. And it was not lifting. Like this bad cloud mood, you know, it was not lifting. And we were driving, and Pastor, you know, he's listening to music. He's listening to podcasts, and I'm just like, why do you have to pick that podcast? I mean, I don't even want to hear that right now. I don't even want to be here. And just all this stuff going on in the inside of me. And you know how when you're in that mood, like, Holy Spirit's like, 
he's talking to you. He's talking. He's telling you, like, change your attitude. You know, don't don't stay in that. You know, don't do that. And and it's like it's crazy because even like the songs on the Christian radio, it starts to like minister to you. Like it starts to like like you're you know all of a sudden it's like. Um, uh, the battle belongs to the Lord comes on you know I fight with my hands lifted up and my knees kneeling down all this these songs come on and but like you're in your heart you're like no 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 and it was just crazy I mean the pastor was driving you know we were getting to the coast and normally you know, I love to be, I love to be the tour guide, right? I love, like, let's go here. I have the whole thing mapped out, right? And, and I think that's the difference between us. He's spontaneous and I like to plan things out. I like to know what's going to happen. And so normally I'm like, you know, let's go eat here. And I give him the directions and I'm like, let's do this. And I was not saying a word. And he was trying to look for a place, and I was not helping him. <laughs> he even went to the wrong place because he didn't know where it was. But I wasn't helping him because I was in a bad mood. So finally, it came to the place where he said, let's go home. Let's go home. And you know how when you were a kid and then your dad gave you that mean look, like, you're in trouble now, right? And I was like, oh, no, I went too far. I pushed the last button. I'm like, oh, we're not even going to get to eat. I'm, gonna, I'm hungry. I'm going to go home now. And it was just like that. And so we were, had a discussion on the way home. And he was telling me, just tell me what you feel. If you don't want to come, just tell me. Because I can handle it. Just tell me. And I was like, I should have just told him, you know. But he was like, he heard what I had to say. And he said, I can handle it. Just be honest and open with me. And I think that's what it comes down to in our relationships, right? Vulnerability. Honesty, integrity. You know, things went well after we're still together. We still love each other. Thank God for that. But listen to this quote of C.S. Lewis. He said this, To love at all is to be vulnerable. Love anything and your heart will be wrung I'm possibly broken. If you want to make sure of keeping it intact, you must give it to no one, not even an animal. Wrap it carefully around with hobbies and little luxuries. Avoid all entanglements. Lock it up safe in the casket or coffin of your selfishness. But in that casket, safe, dark, Motionless, airless, it will change. It will not be broken. It will become unbreakable, impenetrable, irredeemable. Love is to be vulnerable. Love is to be vulnerable. And this is an application for us today. For us to take into our friendships, 
into our relationships, into our marriages. To say, let's be vulnerable. Let's be honest. Let's not have those secret things going on inside of us. But let's be honest with what we're really dealing with. Right? Because that's the fear. That's the fear. If I tell somebody else what's really going on inside of me, if I, if I tell them that, then will they still love me? But when we understand that God loves us and he accepts us and he's working on us as we yield to him, he's working on us, then we can risk. We can be vulnerable with others. In the Jewish funerals, they have this thing that they do, that when someone dies, passes away, they have seven days that the family just sits with that person. They just sit. They, whatever that the person wants to do that is going through that heartbreak, if they want to cry, then they cry with them. If they want to tell stories and talk about the experiences, then they do that with them. If they don't want to say anything at all, they just sit with them. It's because there's something about that shared experience. When we just come together and, and, and when we hear things from others, it's not a, about giving advice or this is what I did or sometimes we just got to sit and listen and share what that person is going through. That's what it means to be vulnerable. That's what it means to share experiences. That, that's what it means to validate each other's feelings. Sometimes we just got to hear and not, not say. Sometimes we have to ask people, do you want my advice? And not just give it. Be so quick to give it. Or we just got to hear what they have to say and not try to one-up them. You know, you are going through that. Well, Hey, I had it worse than you. I, I experienced this. No, we just got to sit and hear each other and validate what each other are going through. That's what it means to be vulnerable in our relationships, to be open, authentic, real, real. The only way we can be real is if we've understood God's love for us. My last point is the state of our heart. The state of our heart. Welcome to my cooking show. Now, our heart is the core of who we are. It's our real self. And the Bible calls our heart the seat of our mind and our will and our emotions. And so it's the inside of us. The Bible talks about the heart a lot. It talks about the heart a lot. And, and here I have this artichoke. Okay, this is the natural state of an artichoke. If you see it, if you try to pull off a leaf, it's super hard 
to try to pull it off. This is the natural state of an artichoke. And, and you know what the center of that arti- this artichoke is called? The heart. So that's in the inside, but to get to that, it's like almost a little armor on the outside of, of the artichoke. Well, it's just like us. In our natural state, there's a hardness. You know, and I believe that God put that there for a protection. He says to guard our hearts because from it flow the issues of life. And so he prescribes to us how to be wise with our hearts because he wants us to be protected. Also, we can get hard on the outside because of things that we've chosen. You know, when we've gone through relationship after relationship, we don't get softer, we get harder. It gets harder to get into the core of someone. When I've given my heart away so many times, it's like I don't have much of a heart left. And so there's a hardness that comes. People say in love and relationships, follow your heart. Just follow your heart. What does the Bible say about that? The Bible says in Jeremiah that the heart of man is incredibly wicked and deceitful. That's our natural state. So we're not to follow our natural inclinations. We're not to follow our natural thoughts about things. Jesus said, out of the good things of the heart, good things will come out. Out of the wickedness of man's heart, bad things will come forth. And whatever is in there will be demonstrated or brought out by what we say. That will be exposed by the words that we say, the things that we speak. Well, the best way to prepare an artichoke is to put it in water and oil, to boil or steam it in water and oil. And that's so awesome because that's the same way that we are to be, because water is representative of the Word of God. The water of the Word cleans us. It cleans us. And then... Oil is symbolic of the Holy Spirit. And when the Holy Spirit comes inside of us to live, when we have accepted Jesus into our hearts, when he comes inside, he gives us the power to do what is right. He leads us. And then he gives us the power to do what is right. And so right here I have a a cooked artichoke. Now, look at these leaves. They peel right off. It's been softened. This is what happens when God's love comes in. We become softened. Those things, those hard, that hardness. And sometimes we have hardness because of um, our childhood. The things that weren't given us, our needs weren't met. 
they weren't they weren't met before and so it's created that hardness but as we receive God's love we begin to become softened and then we can get to the center but get this and I didn't know this there's one part in the center that's in that's not edible this part right here is in is inedible you know what that part is called it's called the choke the choke and that's just like us because when we allow things in our hearts bitterness unforgiveness when we allow those things in our hearts they choke out the word of god they choke out the work of the holy spirit it's so important to allow god to cleanse us it's so important those things of that keep us from having those good relationships it keeps us back from doing that and what happens when we yield that to the lord thank you the choke Through the work and the transformation of the Holy Spirit, the choke is easily removed. And you see the heart of the artichoke, the best, best part. The best part, the heart. David wrote this in the Psalms, Psalm 51.10. He said, Created me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. I love this because this psalm was written when David committed sin. It was written after he committed sin. He committed adultery with Bathsheba. And this is afterwards when David was returned back to the Lord forgiven by the Lord, he said to the Lord, create in me a clean heart. Because he knew that this heart that he followed, he was deceived. He allowed deception to come into his heart. He allowed that to, he allowed himself to be deceived to say, okay, it's okay that I can have adultery with this married woman. And then he went on to to have her husband killed, right? That deception that came into his heart, David had to repent. He had to say, God, forgive me. But he says, create in me a clean heart. Because we just don't need a a little change. We actually need a, a creation, a recreation. God to create us anew. We need a transformation of our heart because these little things that we try to do, it's not enough. We need the supernatural work of the Lord on the inside of us to create in us something that we cannot do our own, with our own strength. Create in me a clean heart, O oh God. 
Renew a right spirit within me. A spirit that's going to be established in you. It's not going to stray from you. And it's not going to be one way one day and another way another day. Create in me a stability, O God, that I can follow after you and I can live as you call me to live, but really my best life, my real life, that I can be in a love relationship vertically and I can love others with the best kind of love. A pure kind of love. A love that will forgive. A love that, when I'm at odds with others, can say, I still love you. Let's come together. Let's talk about this. Let's be authentic. But I still, I'm going to go on in relationship with you. Because as God has forgiven me, I'm, I'm to forgive you. That kind of love, where it brings about reconciliation, it brings about wholeness, the inside of us. The last quote from C.S. Lewis. Love is never wasted. For its value does not rest upon reciprocity. Thank you. (laughs) It means it doesn't depend on reciprocation. It's never wasted. If we love like that, our love's never going to be wasted. Because we're not expecting a return. We're loving simply because God loves us. So today, let's have God first place in our lives. That's the first thing. Let's put him first in our lives. Because if if this is right, then this is going to be right. We need that. That's the premise of love. And let's remember, God is love. God is love. If we can understand, if we know the experience of that love, we will never be lacking. We will never be wanting. We won't have to look or depend on other people to fill us up because we're going to be complete. God is the one who can fill us up. He's the one, the only one, that can bring about the fullness of life. He said, I have come to give you life. And, and that in all of its, of its abundancy. That's the kind of life that God wants to give us. Let's receive it. And let's live in the fullness of it. Amen? Let's go ahead and pray this morning. Lord, we love you. We love you, we love you, we love you. And because we've experienced love, we've tasted it. Lord, it was not because we loved you first. It was because you loved us. And you made a way. You made a way so that we could come into your presence, Lord. And so today, Lord, I thank you. Thank you for what you've been doing. 
I know that you've been ministering. I know that you've been speaking to us. Lord, I feel like some of us, Lord, have been in a, a hard relationship. In fact, some of us, Lord, have, have been struggling in our relationships. And it's just been so difficult. And, it, and it's just almost like, how can I love? How can I love this person? How can I love them? They've caused me such grief. Lord, I thank you, oh God, because you work in the midst of that. Lord, and I thank you that either you rescue us out or you help us to live in it. Either we make that decision, oh God, to go forward. We get out of abuse. We get out of those relationships that are toxic. We love people from afar. Or, Lord, you begin to mend the relationship and change. But Jesus, first of all, change us. Change us. Create in me a clean heart, O oh God. Renew a right spirit in me that I would know your love first and foremost. Then, then, and only then I can love others the way that you've called me to love. Mighty God, Philip, Philip, let the love of the Father fill up this place, this room. Fill up your house. Fill up hearts right now. I pray for those who don't know your love. Oh, they know about you, but they have not and are not experiencing that kind of flowing love, that love that is there every moment of the day. It's there when we wake up in the morning. It's there when we lay our heads down at night. That love that's constant. It's a stubborn love that refuses. You refuse to wash your hands of us. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your grace. Go deeper in us with your love. Go deeper. This morning... I'm inviting you if you want to just experience the love of God. If you just want to come and and just experience His presence, I'm going to invite you up this morning. I'm going to invite you to the altar, the front part here. I invite you to come and just experience His love. For some of you who are married, you may want to get your husband or wife's hand and you might want to just come up together and just say, God, pour out your love on us so we can love each other more. I invite you to do that. And if you're a single here this morning, oh, I challenge you to put God first. Put Him first. We all need that. We all need that. Whether we're married or we're single, makes no difference. I challenge you, put God first. Let His love fill you up. Understand it. Experience it. Let it fill you up this morning. As PW sings, I just invite you. Let Him do an inside work in you this morning.